Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Sports Radio, 929thegame.com. Top of the hour, 9 o'clock. Sam and Jason with you here on this uh, President's Day holiday Monday. Glad you're with us wherever you may be. If you're working today, if you're off today, if you're out riding around, it's this beautiful weather outside. If you have this money, you don't have to work, and you still find a way to enjoy it. Thanks for letting us ride along with you. Uh, on this morning. And we've enjoyed ourselves here. We've been in for the morning show, and now I think we're into the steakhouse territory. We're in for the... Covering two shows this morning. We're covering, like you know what? We're covering two. Why not? If you're here... You know. Why not cover both of them? Why not? Uh, don't forget, folks, uh, you want to text us on the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line, 404-741-0929, 404-741-0929. Uh, follow us on Twitter at 929thegame, Facebook at 929thegame, Instagram at 929thegame. And uh, we're all social. I'm uh, at Sam Crenshaw 23. Uh, Jason is at Longshoe. Max is at Max underscore Von underscore Augen, Augen right? Get that right? Yep, right there, Van Auken. The Van name Auken. is the brand. Okay, there, there we go, folks. Did you just like the underscores, or did somebody actually already have, have it without the underscores? I'm pretty sure there was like a bot that had it before really? me somehow. I was like, are you kidding me, Max Van Auken? How many of them are there? That. Yeah, I mean, maybe I go back and maybe the bot decided to change its mind. But yeah, the underscore. So I'm like, okay, Instagram, Twitter, everything is TikTok. Everything's uh, my name now. Yeah, you got to have the same everywhere. That yeah. just makes it easier. Yeah, I, I can. I can't keep up with like a different profile with different names in different places. That's the worst. Yeah, I get confused. Yeah, you're trying to look up someone and you oh, don't know man. what the name is. <laughs> and it's different everywhere that they are. It's like ah, I don't know how to tag you. <laughs> We do that, but we're easy to find. We're easy to find, and that's how you keep up with us uh, here into our final hour of the show. We're going to talk more Atlanta United coming up uh, the next segment, but uh, you know what? They're down in, in, in spring training, and it's time to talk a little bit about the Braves and this baseball team. There's a great air of anticipation for them as the Hawks come back from the All-Star break to resume on Friday. Atlanta United kicks off their season on Saturday. Braves start playing uh, preseason games, exhibition games this weekend. Yeah, this weekend is the, the first spring training game. It, it feels a little early. I, I felt like it was usually right at the beginning of March, but yeah, maybe a week earlier. Yeah. You, a few days earlier, I guess. Yeah, it, it is happening earlier. I, I think the games. It used to be they'd be there and seem like they'd be there for a week and a half or something before they play a game. They get down there two or three days, and boom, they're on the field playing games. Yeah, a bunch of guys uh, reported early, which I think is a great sign. I think when you, you get 
guys who are are that ready. Look, some of them are coming back from injury, and and some of them like like Vaughn Grissom are, are trying to prove themselves this year and really take over for. Uh, would you call Dansby Swanson a team legend? I think he will be. Okay, I think he will be. I think he set himself up for it. Look at all the boxes he checked. Yeah, with his team career wise, and um, you know some people who are still upset that he's not here. And, uh, you know, you, you want to see him stay, but you, you figure he's at that stage in life and career, he can go and get his cash because he's checked those boxes. It's the financial realities of the game yeah. and, and the ownership for the Braves. And, you know, I think it's easy to yell at, at these, whether it's a, a person or an organization like the, the Braves have to spend more money, but there are bottom lines involved. And baseball is the one that, maybe is the most out of whack in terms of the big spenders like we've seen the Dodgers in the past, the Cubs, the Mets this year, Mm -hmm. to the point that they're talking about rewriting rules because of what the Mets have done. And the Braves aren't going to spend like that. But they've still put the best team in baseball on the field for the last few years. And I think they have the most balanced team going into this year. I think so too. I, I like what the way things have. You know, you got a couple of spots you got to fill. Like you said, the sh- and shortstop. Um, but by goodness, when you look at this team, what's there? What we already know about them, and who's coming back? You talk about people coming back from injuries. Mm-hmm. Ozzy Albies. You know, just a, just you know, it's so disappointing for him to wait all that time to come back and then not be around for the postseason. Could his could his presence in the lineup have made a difference? I mean, Philadelphia was pitching so hot. Uh, but you have to wonder what he could have, a difference yeah. he possibly could have made if, if he was there. But he's back. Uh, like I said, Von Grissom came in uh, last season and showed that he belonged. Uh, he's gonna looks like he's gonna get the first shot at shortstop, and uh, you know we'll see what happens. And he seems to have the great attitude about it. I heard him talk, um, you know, before the team you know went down to Florida and talked about, hey, I'm just gonna be me. I, I can't be Dansby. I can't be anybody. What everybody wants. I'm going to be me and do this. And I think that's a healthy approach for him. I think the work that he put in in the offseason, because the the question was defensively for him. That was really, can he do that at a high enough level? And he went three separate weeks in the offseason working with Ron Washington, Mm -hmm. who you want education in the game, you're going to get it from Wash. And to put in that time where he could, look, he could be chilling, he could be relaxing, he could just be resting up to put in that work and really grind to get better about an aspect of the game that, look, doesn't draw all the headlines. You know, it'll draw some headlines if you make a mistake. Yes. But doing well as a just a good defensive shortstop, he's not going to earn a ton of plaudits that way. But that's what needed to improve. And I love that he put in the work and he reported early and is still grinding to get better. Absolutely. And you talked about, you know, defensively, the middle of the, middle of the field, but baseball is where your championships are won. And think about the potential now with him and shortstop Ozzy back, you know, at at, uh, at second, who you got in center field that came on. And the difference this guy made the day he showed up. We're talking about Michael Harris the second. Yeah, I mean, just electric. And to have somebody like that who's a local guy. Yeah. And I, you had a chance. He was honored here recently, right? Right, down in Stockbridge and in high school, down in Henry. Folks, shout out to the folks down in Henry County Schools. They're really excited about having one of their own, you know, playing a big role with the team. Yeah, it's just to have a local guy be that kind of a presence. 
and to be that exciting. And next to another, you know, pretty exciting outfielder in Ronald Acuna Jr., who (laughs) getting a a year past his big injury, I think that's going to help him a ton. We see that all the time with that knee injury, where a lot of times guys will tell you it takes a year to get back and then another year to really get back. Right. You know, it's a physical thing and it's the emotional thing. And, yeah. and uh, will you be tentative? And that's one thing he's not good at. He's he's not he's not good at being tentative about anything. No. Right? He, no. he is I, all out, right? I, I, and he's another one who, you know, we talked about Trey Young earlier and, and maybe being polarizing for some. Acuna gets some of that. I It drives me crazy because – you just don't get guys like him on a regular basis. He's special. Yeah. Yeah. And he's a big personality. I think it's a good personality. Mm-hmm. And people pick it, you know, little things to get frustrated with with him. Man, Ronald Acuna, he's, he's special. He needs to be embraced. And I think he will be. I oh, think yeah. it, it'll come with a little more time. But just having those two guys in the outfield, getting Grissom, you know, one big question for me is I thought you had a – Good year from Olsen at first base, but can it get better? Can can you get – and look, the game's changed, and we, we were kind of talking during a break about old-school baseball and how it's it maybe has been lost in some teams. The Braves kind of feel a little bit like a throwback in some ways. But Olsen, 240 last year batting average, hit over 30 home runs. Yeah, Can you get that into the 270s? Can, can you get, you know, are you going to get as much as you got out of Freeman there in terms of batting average? No. But can you get to 270? I, I think Olsen can. I think he can. Another I, local guy. Another local guy, Parkview. And I think, you know, he came in and he had a little bit of a struggle early on. And oddly enough, it was after the Dodgers came through town and the whole yep. Freddie thing happened. It seems like the cloud lifted and he was fine. And, and that, there was a cloud. You know, yep. that was difficult for him. I mean, he talked about it a, a little bit as he's been getting ready for spring training. Last year was a whirlwind for him because I think the trade, while it was probably in the back of the mind for the Braves, like, okay, if we can't get the Freeman deal done, this is who we're going to go after. It's probably number one on the list. But Olsen didn't know that, and it happened really fast for him. And you come in, and you had the the Freddie conversation in the background the whole time. That series is still one of the craziest things I've ever seen with all of the off the field, even a little bit of the on the field with, yeah. with, with Freeman, the reaction from the Dodgers about it. Like, so many weird storylines coming out of that. It was a lot for Olsen to deal with. I think not having to do that, coming to this year fresh, should help him. I believe so as well, and I think he just further further uh, solidifies his weight. Now, we also talked about the infield. Sean Murphy coming in uh, behind the plate. Of course, of course, you got Travis Diarno as well, but you're getting a guy in now who's one of the top defensive catchers in the league, and it's coming here. We talked about the defense in the middle of the mm-hmm. field, and this guy's a big part of it. Really, it, it starts with him. Yeah, I feel like it's it's an underrated aspect of that position, and, and you go back to the – the legendary Braves teams, they always had that defensive specialist behind the plate as well. Even if they weren't always the starter, you always had that guy. And with the pitching that this team has, you have to prioritize that kind of player. I you know, I wonder how they're going to split up the at-bats and split up the games. That's the question I have. Well, once again, we have the DH. So that's There's the other that. thing. That's, that's the equalizer that we, you know, we, we uh, have to remember that we do have that uh, space in the in the lineup that's uh, open, and you are able to get some at bats 
uh, on days when he's not starting behind the plate. So expect to see that. Yeah, I'd expect on days where Darno's not not starting behind the plate, he's going to get some at-bats as a DH. Because the Braves seem like they're a team that, you know, I guess the National League teams are still kind of evolving a little bit with how they use that DH. The Braves are kind of rotating that guy around. It's not a dedicated person, it seems like. And you got a pitcher, too, that actually could hit pretty good. I mean, Max Reed, mm-hmm. he's going to handle himself with a bat, right? And, you know, the Braves had a history of that back yeah. then. Yeah. Some guys that were really – they didn't want to take the bet out of there. No, not at all. <laughs> um, how do you feel about the the Max Fried situation with arbitration yeah. and not locking him up to a long term deal? You know that that's that's that's, that's going to be tough, and I think they're choosing to, to wait and see. I don't know why. I don't know what else you need to see from this guy. Yeah, you know, and to me, he's become that guy for this for this um, this pitching staff. I'd love to see him get 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 you know go ahead and get and get locked in, but. You know, that's that's where the situation is with it right now. Is it a little bit like Swanson in your mind in that they feel like with what they did, and, and it's an underrated aspect of, I think, the Braves rise to now having five straight division titles and a World Series under their belt. They had to rebuild the farm system. And and it's it's deplenished now. Like it's gone. Like they, it, It's the, the worst in the, the league, according to most of the reports coming into the year. Because those guys have all come up or people have been traded to, to bring in other pieces. But do you think maybe with Freed it's a little bit of where they were with Swanson and that we've got the next guy. We're we're okay. And when you look at the the, the budget and you look at the P and L and you say, How much are we gonna spend, how much are we gonna allocate, that they feel like they've got good enough talent behind it that they don't have to allocate the money to keep him. They have to have that kind of confidence. I mean, we, they do. Uh, and there's some ifs, you know. Some there guys, are some ifs. There are some ifs with this pitching staff. We want to see one of them is Michael Soroka. Um, you know, what does he come back? He's already had some some muscle tightness that has delayed uh, things that he's doing down at spring training right now. To get him back, you know, and have him back on it, it'll be like a free agent pickup right now. We haven't seen him for a couple of seasons. If he could bring that back, what a you know what that would do for this pitching staff for this Braves team would be simply remarkable things to see as it plays out here at spring training over the next couple of weeks. All right, what we got coming up next? We've got Matt Lowry, the Atlanta United Academy director, and wanted to reach out to Matt and talk to him this morning about what we saw last Wednesday with so many Academy players being a big part of Atlanta United's match with Toluca and those Academy guys starting to come up and, and earn the pro contracts. Matt oversees that Academy. Pick his brain next. All right, that's coming up next. You stay with us here on Sports Radio 929 The Game and 929TheGame.com. Sports Radio 929 The Game at 929TheGame.com. Sam and Jason with you. Nine floors up in the Kia Studios. Uh, into our final hour here until 10 a.m. Glad you're spending some of your President's Day Monday with us. Of course, this is game week. We've had a lot of you know, practicing, we've had a lot of training, we've had preseason contests, we've had friendlies, and now we're going to kick off the season coming up this Saturday, Jason. Uh, with Atlanta United, with San Jose coming in to play at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And what we're going to find out more about the program in general, in, to, in totality, 
right? We're going to have Matt Lowry. Matt Lowry, who is from the uh, Atlanta United Academy, is the director of Atlanta United Academy, joining us now on WaitForIt.com hotline. Matt, welcome into the show. Great to have you. Thanks so much for having me. Really appreciate it. Matt, thanks for taking the time for us this morning. We appreciate it. But I, I wanted to pick your brain after what we saw on Wednesday with Luke Brennan, with David Mejia, with so many Atlanta United Academy products getting to play at Mercedes-Benz Stadium against Mexican competition in Toluca. Just tell me what your emotions were watching all of that. Uh, the, the next day I was walking on clouds. I mean, there was not much that could go wrong in my world. It was just it's been an amazing preseason for us just seeing that these players can go in and really affect the game. We know that our young guys are not always going to come in and be a Tiago Almada, be a Luis Araujo, and, and be able to impact the game in that way. But these small opportunities at these young ages, the, the growth is immense and the future gets more and more exciting. So it's, it's been a really fun preseason as an academy director here at Atlanta United. Man, talk about whether it allows you to do this week or after having this experience for them, what are you able to do with them that maybe, I don't say you couldn't do before, but how do you follow up them getting this opportunity? Yeah, the, the first thing, and this may shock you, but the first thing is make sure these kids are up with their school <laughs> because yeah. a lot of them are still in high school, and, and what we don't always think about is how talented they are, that there's another piece of the puzzle. So our first step is actually making sure that they get back in with school and they connect with their teachers and, and they make sure they're doing what work they need to do to, to continue on that. Um, but the other piece is we have video that is absolute gold now. We have video of Luke Brennan against some high-level Toluca defenders. We have video of Noah Cobb um, playing against some unbelievable attacking players. So now we can really dive in with the player um, and individually talk about what was this moment like for you? Well, you know, think about how your hips are situated here. Think about where you're looking here and, and just trying to help them with little details so that they may get that opportunity again. They're that much better. Um, so it's a fun part of the year. I can only imagine, too, for the other kids in the academy, the younger guys coming through who, who want to be the next Luke Brendan and want to be the next Caleb Wiley, that this is something that you can use when you have the, the conversations with that even more next generation coming. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's the there's the culture piece. And, you know, all our academy kids were at the game against Toluca. They're all sitting in the stands watching these guys that they see at the training ground. They see training with the academy teams of the twos. Um, so just from a cultural role model standpoint, it's immense. But then diving into the, the details of it, we have data on Luke Brennan from when he was 12 years old all the way to when he's 17. So we have a great sense of when is the player ready? Um, when can they jump into these scenarios? So it gives us really good sense um, within our, our work of, of when players can be ready just based on those top-level players. Matt, you mentioned 12 years old. I mean, uh, but what's the earliest you've really kind of start to, to monitor somebody? Maybe not bring them in yet, but at what point do, do people get, kind of get on your radar? Yeah, well, well, they'll be on our radar at 9, 10, 11 years old. We obviously start with the U-12s. Um, and we, we, we have really good relationships with the local clubs in the area. We're constantly communicating with them. We also work closely with RDS, um, regional development schools here in Atlanta. Um, as players come into that program, you know, we're understanding of, of where they are and, and what makes the most sense. Um, so, yeah, we start at pretty young ages. And then as they continue to progress, um, they could find their place in Atlanta United Academy. And then the, the world's their oyster. Then it just takes hard work and commitment and, Anyone can make it. 
I feel like that's a, a really underrated part of the club's overall mission is those relationships with the local clubs. And Sam and I are both talking about high school sports and, and even the high schools, you know, me being out calling some of these high school games and seeing guys who have, you know, relationships with Atlanta United's Academy, whether it's in Gainesville or, you know, whether it's players who, who play over in Cobb County, how is how important is that in your job to build those relationships and nurture those relationships with local youth clubs, with, with high school programs and just the community at large? It's immense. It's everything. I mean, we, you know, we really believe in the talent here in Atlanta. That is the whole point in our academy. Yeah, we're going to have some players from around the nation in different areas within our older ages, but 95% of our population is Atlanta born and bred kids, at least within the metro Atlanta area or, you know, around Georgia. Um, so our relationships with the top clubs, with every club um, in Atlanta, as well as the high schools, is so important. We try to give back. We host college showcases. Um, we do different things with club directors, bringing them into first-team games, bringing them into first-team training, just trying to connect every piece of the puzzle. Um, at the end of the day, we, we want top players, and we know that those top players are going to come out of these clubs, out of these school systems, and then hopefully we can just do that final polish at the end and, and give them a chance in front of uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. But we need these clubs, and we need the community, and, and they do an amazing job. Our piece is just give back, give back, give back, make sure they feel valued and, and part of the process um, because it's immense. Folks, you're spending time on the waitforit.com hotline this morning and really getting informed on what's next as far as Atlanta United with uh, Atlanta United Academy Director Matt Lowry. So glad he's spending some time with us this morning. Talk about the infrastructure that's in place, and I'm sure that some things since the coming of Atlanta United have evolved or have grown or people have invested in, but just talk about the infrastructure that's already in place um, pockets and areas where soccer was thriving and producing uh, players that would be capable of playing at this level. Yeah, it's been fun. I've actually been here since 2016 as the U-12 coach. So I've, I've gotten a, a pretty good sense of this academy as we've grown up. Obviously, Tony Annan was the original academy director. He's now at University of South Carolina, but uh, we owe everything to Tony. He's the one that really built this program and, and started the foundation. Um, things are evolving now. We actually have our older ages are actually in a different school program because our 16s, 17s, and 19s teams actually train in the morning. We did that so that they could move quicker into first-team training or into the reserve team training. So now you have an ecosystem at our older ages where players can get pulled from U17 training in a split second. Head coach Gonzalo Pineda needs an extra player. Great, let's send this kid up, and off he goes jogging up to first-team training. So that ecosystem and connectedness has never been closer, um, and it's been a really, really good structure. But that's probably one of the biggest evolutions we've gone through over this last little bit of time is, is just that adaptation to make sure our players get the opportunity with the pros because that's, that's what makes the difference. What's that relationship like for you between the first team with Gonzalo Pineda, with the second team, now with Steve Cook, and the academy? And how much do you guys talk about progression for these players? Constantly. Um, I'm in the first team meetings every single morning, so I have a good understanding of the needs of that team and, and you know, if they need an extra player for training or, or what have you, I'm there to support in that way. Um, then Steve Cook, Jose Silva, who's the two's assistant, and myself will sit down, talk through training, talk through that player movement, and then that trickles down into the academy or, or, or trickles up from the academy. So it's constant communication. 
we have set of meetings every week to get around it, but the reality is um, we have to move quickly. So a lot of it happens organically just in and around the office, but the training ground is a small place. Everyone's really interconnected. Gonzalo and his staff are unbelievably open. Um, they try to get out to watch two's games. Gonzalo was here this weekend watching the U15 scrimmage against GSA, uh, Gwinnett Soccer Association, a, a great club we work with. So the connection is there, and a lot of the communication happens organically, um, but it's constant. We need to be ready to support the first team and, and be ready to support players coming back off injury, what may have you in, in the two setup as well. So the movement's both ways. One conversation that we've had a lot, Matt, is kind of the Atlanta United way or the Atlanta United, you know, identity in terms of a player or a style of play. How much does that get talked about in those conversations with, you know, Gonzalo, with Steve, about what they're looking for in terms of how players are developed or what kinds of players they're looking for? Yeah, we have certain profiles that we look for. Um, you can start to see them. I mean, George Bello was an amazing left back for this club, went off to Germany, and now you have Caleb Wiley, who's a really similar profile, very athletic, able to get up and down the field, can can play as a winger that Caleb's currently doing now, even though his best thought may be left back at the end of the day. So you can start to see consistencies in the type of players um, that we're looking for, and that's constantly talked about between our scouting team, our identification team, between Gonzalo and Steve Cook, you know, does this player make sense to first team? Um, and if not, there's a ton of other pathways that, that we can use. You know, college is still, I think, priority one for our academy players. If we can get a player a full scholarship um, to a Division One university, that's a massive win for us. Um, so not every profile needs to be perfect. Some people are on different timelines. Um, but there's constant discussion about does this guy fit with the Atlanta United way of playing fast-paced, aggressive without the ball, attacking but possessing with the ball. These are all part of the discussion points. But we try to take care of every player in their own way. Every player is different. Yeah. Matt, how much does this happen around around the league, around MLS? Does everybody have something similar to this or just like this? Or, or um, I was wondering that just, just league-wide. Yeah, that's a great question. Every MLS pro club has an academy. Some are bigger, you know, nine teams, seven teams, six teams like us. Um, some are a bit smaller, only two or three teams. And it's all based on the market. And, again, I, I go back to how lucky we are to be at Atlanta, this market for youth soccer, this market for athleticism, um, for just sports in general is, I think, one of the best in the nation. So our piece is let's dive into Atlanta. Let's make sure we're giving back to the community, and the community will respond with top talent. Some other areas around the country just aren't that lucky. So you see more academies that are, you know, more based on scouting and bigging players in to residentials or what may have you. Um, but we're really focused on trying to stay in the community, give back to the community, and pull talent from the community. Um, so it depends on where you're at. Obviously, Los Angeles, amazing market. New York, amazing market. They're very similar to us. But some of the others have to be a little bit more creative in, in where they get their top talents. But it is a common system. So as we go into to year seven with this club at the MLS level, um, it's 2016 for you and for the academy, kind of what's next on the horizon? What do you see coming down the, the line for Atlanta United uh, and the academy in the next few years? I think, you know, we can see it. The academy is now five, six years old. 
So now we have players like Luke Brennan, Caleb Wiley, Daniel Sabatu, Alan Carlson. These guys started with us at the U12 level. Um, we know that we're going to pull some guys in at later ages, U14, U15. Johnny Fortune joined us at U16. But we still want to try to build players through um, all the way through the system because we know then they're going to have the humility. They're going to have the give back to others. They're going to have the commitment piece that is so important in our culture as they go through the academy. Um, so I think that's really the fun part is now that we have a generation all the way through, we've seen our successes. How can we make it a little better? What details can we go back into our curriculum, what we're doing at U13, what we're doing at U15? Can we polish it a little bit based on the players that we have through it? Um, and I think it'll be a fun part of the process. Fantastic. What options What what options you have for young people who get plugged into this? It's simply remarkable to hear this. Uh, Matt, we appreciate you getting up this morning and and sharing some of this with us. I know it's still a big week for you guys, too, as we get set for the season opener coming up on Saturday. Uh, but thanks so much for spending some time and bringing the knowledge. And, hey, you got to have to drop back in with us sometime. <laughs> I'd love to. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Really enjoyable morning. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it. All right. Oh, man, that is great stuff coming from Matt Lowry talking about, you know, what's happening, the hometown products, the way it's been cultivated, to be plugged in and part of the future of Atlanta United. Our home folks. Ain't nothing else like that. But home folks get a chance to do what you do here at home, and you're going to get the opportunity to do it with Atlanta United. All right, folks, uh, getting ready to head to the top of the hour. Got one more segment to go. We're going to wrap things up at 10 o'clock. We've been in for the morning show this morning, and now we're in for part of the Steakhouse. Uh, We're glad you're with us here on Sports Radio 1990 Game and 1990Game.com. She'll be the death of me, at least we'll both be numb. And she'll always get the best of me, the worst is yet to come. But at least we'll both be beautiful and stay forever young. This I know, this I know. She told me don't worry about it. She told me don't worry. Sports Radio 929 The Game and 929thegame.com. So glad you're with us this morning. Uh, the time has kind of flown. Yeah, it has. You know, it's great. You know, we're here with, with Jason Longshore. We're going to be back Saturday morning, I think, because we're still not going to find Greg by then. Yep, no, he's still going to be at Bucky's. He's still going to be at Bucky's. We're not, we're not going to be able to get him out of Bucky's all yeah, week. He's going to be enjoying the brisket. Yeah, I can't uh, blame him. <laughs> but, man, match, match day early preview on uh, Saturday morning. We're going to get fun. you set. We're going to get you set for the match for the, for the season opener. And, uh, man, it, it's be, it will be on later on in the day, 7 o'clock, the pregame and 7.30 kickoff. But we're going to get you started. Uh, early morning. We're going to get you started uh, and all ready for it. So that's the thing that we, we hope people will uh, will join us for. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a big one to get this seventh season underway. Still feels like yesterday that, that Atlanta United started. It blows my mind when I think back to seven years. And it feels kind of like a – a little, a little bit of a rebirth, I guess, in a lot of ways. Whether you're talking about the the new jerseys that kind of look like year one, uh, if you're talking about a new striker, a new big goal scorer, in mm-hmm. Yorgos Yakimakis, we're gonna get you up on that name. We got to get that name, man. Um, you. You it's know. not hard. It's okay. not as okay. hard as you think it is. It looks different than yeah. maybe you're thinking it should be said. Yeah. But Greek star up top, and he's, I love his personality. His uh his media availability when he arrived, I love his confidence. That's true. Yeah. I, I just I love his personality, and he's somebody who 
I think is going to win fans over really quickly. He's kind of what you, well, I anyway, hoped would happen because of the way this team started and the way that we kind of like, you know, I won't say reinvented, uh, but just raised to a different level of the sport at the professional level mm-hmm. in this country uh, and in North America, period. The expectation of it, the fact that you could play in front of 70,000 folk um, and the fact that, hey, that uh, who, who's next? Who else wants to come in and be a part of this? And I think that's all a part of what we're seeing right now. Guys who say, you know what? I like what you guys are doing. Like, yeah, I want to be there. Um, and but but we got so spoiled. We we, we really did. Um, yeah. I mean, right right from the start, uh, contender, and then winning the the the, the, the championship and, and winning a lot of other titles along the way. Um, and just in a, a star star studded <laughs> uh, production, and just the way the whole thing rolls out. I always tell people, if you want to see Atlanta at its best, go to Atlanta United because everybody's there. Yeah, and, it's, and, it's and, the most diverse yep. crowd you're going to find in Atlanta. And I always felt like a Falcons game was that before Atlanta United. And a Falcons game is incredibly diverse. And I I'd, I'd love going to Falcons games. And, you know, you get different vibes, whether it's Falcons, whether it's Hawks, whether it's Braves. Mm-hmm. Atlanta United does feel like it draws on every aspect mm-hmm. of our city. Yep. And that's the thing. I, I think I, I tell people, first of all, you know, you're going to go in for the experience. Yeah, yeah, you, you got some good competition going on, but the experience is, uh, is is simply electric, and the product that's been put before us is something that's been, uh, you know, a winner and a championship caliber, and that's what we're hoping uh, to reclaim this time around. Yeah, you're trying to get back to that. I mean, it, it's hard to get there in the first place. And this team that in its first three years, you won a league title, you won a U.S. Open Cup title, you won the Campeones Cup, three trophies. You were a game away from going back to MLS Cup in, in 2019, maybe a goal away from that if if Joseph Martinez converts on the penalty to go up 2-0 in the first half in the Eastern Conference Final. I, I think you're, you're booking your spot. You're going to host MLS Cup again. You're going to be favored in that game. And then you look at where it's gone from there. You know, 2020, you had the Joseph Martinez injury in the first game of the year, and mm. he has he's not the same today. And then you had COVID, and just every crazy thing that could happen in 2020 did. And you had a, a chance to get into the playoffs in the last day, and you don't. 2021, you hired a manager that was incredibly, I think, hyped in terms of Gabriel Heinze. And you're still dealing with COVID at the beginning of that year. And Heinze didn't adjust to Major League Soccer. He didn't adjust to Atlanta. He didn't adjust to being at a club the size of Atlanta United. And it didn't work. And you went and you got Gonzalo Pineda. And in 2021, the second half, when Pineda arrived, they were the best team right next to New England and Vancouver in the league. And they got into the playoffs and lost in game one on the road against a team that ended up winning the title in right, New York City. Right, right, on, on, on that pitch that we all love. Ugh, that little tiny postage stamp. But then you, you get into 22 and you have the injuries. And, you know, I know when we have these conversations about things, like, you know, people get fired up about, you know, you can't use excuses. And a coach will say you can't use excuses. Mm-hmm. And a general manager will say, I understand where they're coming from. But you can't deny the effect of losing your captain and goalkeeper, your star center back who would have started at the World Cup in Miles Robinson. And he lost that World Cup opportunity because of a blown Achilles. And, and just losing then all these other pieces. There was a time where 
the whole spine of the team was out. And when you're building a soccer team, you start with the spine and you want it to be strong and reliable. And you lost all of that last year. That affects your success, period. And you've had to make some changes coming into this year. You had to make a tough decision on Joseph Martinez. And Who we will see during we the course will. of the season. We will. And look, he's going to have revenge on his mind. You know that he will. And you I, think so? Yeah, I think you. I mean, just because not in a, I don't think it's in a like a, a negative, like angry way. I would hope not, um, because I think the club really did him a solid by allowing him to go where he wanted to go yeah. in in the conference. Right. You know, in an ideal world, if he's still in the league, he's out west. Yeah. And you're not looking at him down the road in Miami, but that's where he wanted to go. That's yeah. where he ended up. The team allowed that, so I hope that that is good. But, yeah, he's going to want to show well. He, he loves Atlanta. He's going to want to show well here in front of a, a lot of his, his friends and fans. You allowed yourself to imagine what it's like when he comes back here to play the first time? It's going to be weird. It's going to be a very weird vibe that day. Um, it is a little bit later in the year, mm-hmm. and I hope by that stage. And, you know, you don't want to compare guys. But when they play the same position, it's inevitable. And there will be comparisons between Yorgos Yakimakis and Joseph Martinez and what they did. I think what Joseph did hitting the ground running in 2017 is going to be very hard to replicate. But I think Yakimakis fits everything that you want. And it's just getting the work visa, getting him into the team, building the chemistry. And by the time that game happens, he should be hitting on all cylinders. And then the question will be, and it's a legit one in the Miami circles, is how is Joseph Martinez's body going to hold up? Yeah. Will he will he still be that top guy at that stage of the season? And we just don't know. That is the question. That is the question. Now, Yakumaki, is he he's going he, when when do we sing he's going to be Fingers crossed he's available for Saturday, but we just don't know. There's nothing you can do because it, it's it's government. Yeah. It, it's it's getting a work visa processed. Mm-hmm. The the good thing is when you look at the timelines, they've been moving faster now. I, okay. I think the during the, the the worst of the pandemic, it was very slow right. in getting these things processed. It's faster. Luis Abram got his last week sometime. He was able to participate in the preseason game in St. Louis over the weekend. So he's a re- he's ready to go. He's a full go. He was signed a little bit before Yakimakis. So hopefully, fingers crossed, you get it and he can get a couple training sessions under his belt and then play. Is he... 90 minutes fit right now, that's a big ask. Yeah. But can he get you into the second half? Can he start and get into the second half? That would be the ideal. If he can get you 60 minutes, you'd be happy. Okay. All right. What do we know about this crew that we're facing here from San Jose? We'll get into it a lot on Saturday. I'm going to have a chance, and and we'll have clips from it tonight on Atlanta Soccer, tonight at 10 p.m. here on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. Uh, Ted Ramey, the play-by-play voice on radio for the San Jose Earthquakes, going to talk to him. It's kind of similar in a lot of ways. Their attack is is really what's going to drive them. Their front four is very good. Christian Espinoza, one of the top players in the league. Jeremy Abobasi up top. He had 17 goals last year. First year is a real number nine. Abobasi, can he continue that? Um, good pieces. Cade Cowell is, is one of the top young talents in the league. So good attack. Defensively, they've got questions. Jonathan okay. Mensah just came over to them from Columbus. Uh, they lost Nathan, one of their starting center backs, to an ACL in preseason. So they've just added Mensa. He played for them over the weekend a little bit in preseason. 
So defensively, question marks, but that attack, they can score goals. They have a new coach, so the style's going to be a little bit different. We'll have to really kind of feel that out with Luchi Gonzalez now at the helm for the Earthquakes. But it's a game that when you look at that roster and you look at where the Quakes were before, it's a game that Atlanta will be favored in and a game that they feel like they should win. Okay. I like I, I buying all that. Yeah, that's all that's all, <laughs> all, 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 all great news. All great news. Well, it's been great this morning. Uh, just reflecting on a great sports weekend. And uh, you know, that that that's the, the first thing. The first weekend out from the National Football League had so much and we're looking ahead to the coming weekend as the NBA will be back. We'll have the Hawks for you this week uh, as well. As you check on Friday, we'll have it here for you. Sports Radio 929, the game, the pregame at seven. The tip-off at 7.30, that's Hawks and Cleveland Cavaliers. Then on Saturday, we'll have some college basketball for you from Big East. Going to have Creighton-Villanova. That's an 11.45 tip. That's why we're done at 11.45 on Saturday. We get 15 minutes off we on get Saturday. 15 minutes, we get a 15-minute off uh, because of that basketball, the pregame for that, and 12 noon tip of Creighton and Villanova, and then Atlanta United against San Jose. 7 o'clock pregame, 7.30 tip. We hope you head over to Mercedes-Benz Stadium and come out and greet this team, uh, this new incarnation of Atlanta United. That with everybody healthy, some folks that we uh, had to had to watch from the sidelines last season, they're healthy, they're ready to go with this team. And let's see if we get off to a great start. Let's see if we get a great start and and be that contender and be that front runner that we kind of got used to with this team. You know, that's kind of what we expect. It's going to be a fun team to watch. I, I think. It's going to be an attack-minded team, and I just I love the blend of personalities in this group. Mm-hmm. You know, when when you lose somebody like a Joseph Martinez who casts a, a big aura over a team, he's a big personality. Okay, he's gone, so there's a little bit of that void. I like Derek Etienne coming into this. I, I think he's going to be very outspoken. He's somebody Atlanta fans will really enjoy. Yakimaki's very confident. He's going to have that big presence I think you're going to see more from Tiago Almada Luis Araujo in terms of of showing that personality and in all these young kids like we talked about with Matt Lowry earlier this hour you've got a lot of local young talent that is emerging for this team so I love the mix I'm really excited about Saturday yep excited I am as well and excited about us getting together to get things started we're going to start match day Start with us on Saturday uh, from 8 until 11.45. Uh, Jason will be here with me. Max, Matt Ogden, great stuff today. Thank you. It was a great show, guys. Thanks, Max. Thanks so much for everything. Uh, Stay tuned. Chris Goforth is coming up next. You continue on your holiday Monday here on Sports Radio 92.9 and 92.9 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.